um, and uh, part of Youth with a Mission and doing some great things. So they're, they're actually going to be running one of our primary courses in YWAM. One of our really intense uh, primary courses is called the Discipleship Training School, which is the course that Alan and Jackie did and met each other many, many years ago. So Alan and Jackie are lovely people. It's great to be able to step in uh, and to be a part of their fellowship with you this morning. So thank you for your invitation to us and uh, great job, ladies. That was really nice worship and uh, yeah, it's really now my job to be able to share something meaningful with you. Um, I, I think I have something in common with you guys um, in the sense that uh, I am at the moment um, brooding over, uh, meditating on the next stage of growth for our centre. It's interesting how you have plateaus where you consolidate and you get to a place and during that consolidation place, you you know, growth is happening, things are happening, but you kind of stay in the same shell for a little while, and it gets stretchy, and there's challenges, and then you're thinking, am I ready to move into a bigger shell? Am I ready to move into something new? And so we have our own property, uh, different to you guys. Uh, we have bought a property, a two-acre property in Mitchelton on the uh, northwest side of Brisbane, about eight kilometers from the CBD, uh, in 1999, and it was a really... Uh, Stressful experience for me initially, but actually when we stepped into it, it was just amazingly how everything worked out. Uh, and part of the stress for me was my fears, my emotions, and all the analytical data and everything all seemed to make sense that we'd be able to sustain this property. It made sense that it was right. But I just kind of, my fears, my fears of commitment, my fears of not being so good with money and my mind and all these sorts of things was a little bit fearful, but actually when we sensed the Lord was in it and we stepped into it, it was actually just such a natural process. We've come now to the place where now we're bursting out of that facility. And I'm like, oh, wow, I don't want to get into more commitment. I'm turning 50 at the end of this year, and I'm thinking, I feel a little tired of these days, and my kids are finishing school thinking, man, I'd love to be able to have one foot in and do some other things and get out of the weight of responsibility. But I recognize that the Lord is saying, no, Dave and Jenny, you need to plug in, and we've recommitted for another five years to enter into another level of building process on our property, which goes against the flesh. I don't like debt. I don't like those responsibilities. I like to be loose and free. I don't even have an office myself. I've got a bag, and I spend a lot of time at the coffee club thinking. Uh, that's kind of my main gift to the center. So I don't like to be pinned down. Uh, and those kind of responsibilities do make you feel pinned down. Well, I'm going to share a few thoughts about my journey and some of the signs that helped it feel natural and right when the time was right. So, you know, some of the question is to grow or not to grow. Uh, at the moment, I'm almost a little, these girls don't need to misunderstand me, but we're growing. But I'm like, oh, do I really want to grow? Because, you know, growth... Uh, requires accommodation. In our situation, because all the sisters and the brothers live on accommodation on the site, we have twice the challenge that you do, that we not only need meeting places and classrooms, but we also need accommodation. And so it's probably just that much more for us to be able to provide for that kind of growth. And so it's, one, it's a wonderful thing. And I'm not a romanticist. Uh, I'm kind of pragmatic. And I'm like, growth is really wonderful and we want it. And if we want power and influence in our community, we do need to grow. 
But the reality is there are challenges and there's commitment. The challenges are mostly resolved when you step in and say, yes, Lord, I will carry the weight and I will do it. And, and that's usually when everything comes together. But I, f- I kind of feel like we're, we're at a similar place, different but similar. And so uh, Alan had mentioned that you guys have been talking about faith and talking about what's next for you guys and, and, and where you go. And uh, I think we're on a similar journey in some ways. Before I go on, I want to say I love your logo. I love it. Well, I just turned it around. Um, but uh, I love the, uh, the style and also Born for More, is it? Or I really like that. It's very cool. Uh, anybody here a part of that ideation process? Really cool. Well, great to be here. I've called the message here this morning, um, To Grow or Not to Grow. And so I... Um, you know, I divided the message into four brief points, I hope. Um, the first one is, I want to make the statement that God has planned for us to grow. And, uh, and secondly, we will look at the question of, do we keep stretching or do we grow? And I think you know what I mean. When, you have, when you're renting a facility, it's like you're stretching. It's like you have to set it up all the time and move out and you're stretched all over the place. When you have your own land or, or a more stable commitment in a place, you can rest and you can actually use it as a restful place to launch out and actually exert influence outward. Um, and so, you know, often we stretch and stretch and stretch until we come to the place of realizing, no, we need to now grow into a bigger tent peg, into a bigger facility. Um, and the, the third point is the timing. There's always a timing, isn't there? Uh, there's times and seasons for everything, and we need to recognize those. And, and fourthly, we need faith. We need actually faith to grow. Uh, we can say it, and we can say, yes, we should, but there's a, there's a godness, there's a, 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 like a revelation in our spirit of faith when the timing's right and when God is in it. So let's walk through those four points and I'll see whether some of my thoughts about my journey is applicable and helpful for where you guys are at in your journey. Um, So God has planned for us to grow. And I want to make that statement because sometimes when we get to the place of having to find a new skin or a new shell or a new building, it's almost like the, the adrenaline comes in and the crisis mode comes in. This is a crisis. This is a problem to solve. And I just felt just this morning to say, it's not a problem to solve that when it's right and it's in faith in God, it's actually a natural process. It's not a problem or a challenge that God's up there in heaven going, oh, this is a problem. You guys have got yourself in a problem. This is, you're bothering me. This is difficult. When it's in God and the timing is right um, and he, you've moved in faith, like my experience in our property, it actually just happened naturally. And I think the, the metaphor that really helps me, because I'm an ide- ideation person, um, is skin. Um, I want to talk about skin in a moment, but before I do, I jump to step. One of the things that helps us understand that God is not in crisis or problem-solving mode when we need more facilities or growth is the very statement that he said to Adam and Eve when he first created them, he got them established... They were just on the earth for I don't know how long. And straight away, there's this huge world and there's two of them. And he says to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. Wow. Oh, my goodness. He didn't limit it and say, well, be fruitful to get to a certain amount of fruit and increase to a certain amount of uh, people 
and maybe just go to a few parts of the world and then we'll talk about it and evaluate and see. He said, no, it was unlimited. And, and so that is God's commitment to growth. God expects us when any form of life, whether it's a human being, whether it's a ministry, whether it's a business, God expects that it would actually multiply and fill the earth and bless as many people as possible. And so God, this is not an afterthought. When my, my challenge right now to raise $800,000 to... To build, I'm tempted in my flesh to think this is a problem that I need to solve. But I need to refer back to this scripture about how excited God is about growth and how he's already planned for it uh, to be able to say no when the time is right and when he gives us the right property or location, it will just be a natural process. And so... Um, One of the things I want to say at this point, and I'm going to refer back to it in a little while, is the reason he wants us to grow is he wants us to have influence. See, when we're children, we run around and we need resources in. When we actually are adults, we create power and we can influence out. And so when we are a baby ministry or when we um, are in a, a transient kind of operating location... Uh, it becomes difficult to influence our community around us. And the goal of maturity, God wants us to plan and have lots of children and lots of children ministry, but unless those children grow up, they can't have influence. It's, it's okay for all of those children to need resources in for a period, but actually the goal is to get them to a place where we can rule every child of God, every ministry of God, to rule and reign with him, to be a part of bringing his kingdom in the local community where you exist. And sometimes when you're transient and hard to see and all those sorts of things, it's hard to have that influence um, and, and that authority to speak out into your community. And so the interesting thing here, it says increase, 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 because I want you to rule. Now, that's a harsh word, but really that means I want you to have dominion. I want you as Christian people to have authority in the environment around you. And that's the goal of a growing local church, to grow so you have Authority to influence your community, not just the people in here, but outside around you. So um, the metaphor that I think is really cool, it says how prepared and pre-planning God was is skin. You can think that skin is a part of your body, but it's really the shell that you live in. So all the growth happens in the inside, and your skin is amazing. It just keeps stretching and growing. So uh, uh, depends on how big you want to grow, it will just grow. You don't have to tell your skin to grow. No, it just, it's like faith. You, when you step into something that God says, it's there. When you grow in your body, your skin is just there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've seen those pictures of these huge people that uh, you need a crane to get them out of their house and they're kind of locked in their house. These really huge people. I've very rarely heard of anybody's skin bursting. Skin have this amazing capacity. And I feel like it's God's statement are saying, just relax about your next skin. Just relax about your next shell. That's, that is a natural thing that comes. Trust me. I've already planned it. I understand that you need that, and it's my intention. So in the same way that you grow, when you're a little boy, you have a growth spurt, you don't worry and think, is there going to be enough skin? It's just a natural process, and I think that's the way of God, and that's his statement with our skin to make sure it's there. And so I think it's a wonderful thing. So this skin has amazing qualities. It stretches. So if we actually want short-term growth, like pregnancy, it doesn't actually grow. 
Um, ideally, and usually after the baby is born, it will snap back to its perfect shape again. Um, and so uh, my skin doesn't stretch too much these days, but if I grab Kelly's cheek and stretched it out, it would snap right back in perfect tautness again. Um, because skin is designed to stretch. And like I said, with a pregnancy, you don't necessarily create more skin. It stretches and it stretches back in place. Um, but, um, and so, you know, whatever shape or size your ministry wants to be, God said skin will be there available when you need it and when you're ready to grow into it. I just wanted to make this statement that God is faithful. God is faithful um, in providing the room for our growth. Providing room for growth is not an afterthought or a crisis or another problem to solve. It's an expected natural process that God has for every form of life, including our Christian ministries. Now, like I said, skin can grow or stretch. If it's short-term, it stretches. If it's long-term growth, then you grow more skin. It's actually the largest organ in your body. And I've often thought, man, it's good that your skin starts small and you grow into it rather than actually starting at full size and then your body having to grow into it. You'd have this, this kind of saggy thing that you'd be dragging along. But it grows as you grow. And... Uh, or it stretches as you stretch. So like I said, a short-term thing, like a short-term, like a pregnancy, it stretches. But if you are committed to long-term growth, so this is short-term stretching, um, but this gentleman has made a long-term commitment to growth. And what will happen is that his skin might initially start to stretch, but then the message is going to become no grow. You need more skin. And so if he then goes in a diet after long-term commitment then what will happen is the skin is all still going to be there. And you've seen those pictures before when people go on radical diets. The skin is there. It's part of God's statement. I'm making room for you. And I'm committed to make room for you. It's going to be there. So if you decide to grow again, it's already there for you. So um, we in ministry, we can have short-term goals and we stretch and try to fit into any kind of corner or location we can and it's stretching. But um, when we make long-term commitments... Um, then God grows a new facility or more room for us. Um, you know, one of the things that I noticed, when we, what was happening is that we initially operated in, in the suburb of Ashgrove. Uh, anybody know Brisbane very well, the suburb of Ashgrove? And we actually rented probably about 10 houses around Ashgrove. And we were so short-term thinking because... We don't want to waste houses. Sometimes our training schools are only three months long and then people go overseas for three months. And so we didn't want a six-month lease. So we literally had this stressful, constantly moving in and out of houses. You know, So up and down Waterworks Road, you constantly see YWAMers carrying beds, lounges, you know, up and down all the time. And so there was this frantic action of ministry around this suburb of Ashgrove where we were thinking short-term, short-term commitment in this house, short-term here, we don't want to be locked down. And so because of my fear of commitment, of stepping into something more permanent, I developed a philosophy. And um, my philosophy was just to be perpetually pregnant. Because with pregnancy, you stretch, but then afterwards it's, it's small again, stretch, and then you do it too many times and it's permanent stretching. But you know what I mean? And for me, I thought, let's not grow big. 
let's keep operating just renting houses like this and keep stretching and bending and let's just keep planting other ministries. So we just had lots of babies. So we planted probably almost 20 different YWAM centres around the world. That was my philosophy and it's worked and God wants us to do that. But I had this fear of growing and all this time this nagging thought is I want you to grow as well. Now what I noticed is that we were planting babies everywhere. But those babies were all struggling because we weren't powerful enough to feed them very well. And they were babies and we were staying as babies. And no one had any influence in the community. Now what I noticed is when we eventually took the step and actually bought our property and moved into Mitchelton, one of the huge changes for me is the authority we have in the community. The local member loves us. The school principals love us. So many of the neighbours really love us. And um, when we want to run an event or a program, like we just ran an Easter program for the first time, had a 1,000 people come to it, we're very confident we can get two to 3,000 at the next one. Now, I don't see that in a proud way, but I'm articulating to you that when we become permanent, when we had our own property and stepped into that more permanent uh, position, we're actually having influence. Uh, the schools let us come in any time we want to to come and run programs and to speak and the newspaper writes about us and the favour has increased and, and because of our reputation our authority to speak in and influence our community is there. Previously when we were running around doing all this sort of stuff it was great because we could have just walked away and there would have been no buildings or nothing to worry about. Hallelujah, walk away. Um, but we didn't have any authority in the community at all. We were just these pesky, annoying people that carried their beds and their pillows and blankets and everything up and down the road all the time. And so um, this sense of authority, uh, as I said, you know, the goal is that we, God wants us to grow so we can rule over. We can have authority and influence in ruling and reigning in our community with him. And that was what I observed uh, when we first stepped into that longer-term mentality. Now, the other thing that I notice is there's a timing. Uh, you know, there's, there's a natural timing, isn't it? There's, there's a feel about spring, isn't there? It's just, you feel it. You, there's the wind, there's the feel. Uh, you know, there's a, spring, there's a feeling about autumn. There's a change. And, you know, Brisbane is a warm climate. And I'm like, some years I'll water my bananas, I'll water them, water them, and they just won't grow. And I'm like, what's your problem? It's not Melbourne. It's not like it's freezing. What's wrong with you, banana plant? You're just not growing. And then, sure enough, it comes spring, and there's this, bur- this burst. There's this shoot of, of growth. And it's like, it doesn't, doesn't matter how hard you try, you know, to transition into another season, there's just this timingness, and it's like someone, God, or whatever it is, talks to the plant and says, grow now. And, and you know what it's like. Sometimes you'll have a little shrub, and it won't grow, won't grow, and then, obviously, it's establishing its roots, and there's different stuff happening. But at the right time, it just grows. And it's like, why didn't you grow... You know, three months ago, there's, a, there's an authority in the timing of things, isn't there? When there's a timing issue, you just know, and everybody naturally understands the timing and, 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 and responds to that timing. And so, um, you know, Ecclesiastes 3 talks about this. There's a, there's a time for everything and a season and every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plan, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep and to laugh, and a time to mourn and to dance. And so there's a natural authority about time. When the clock says something, all of a sudden we respond because there's an urgency, there's a commandedness 
about time that we naturally respond, unless you're from the Pacific Islands, I think. No criticism, but they tend to not uh, have that sense of uh, response to timing all the time. Um, and so, as I said, there's a natural authority about timing. When we sense that it's time for to grow as a ministry, it's time to move, then we just know and there's a sense of agreement because we feel that wind, we feel that change uh, because that's the time. And there's an announcement about it. So I'll just tell you a bit of a funny story. Um, I, both my wife and I came from broken kind of families and so we met each other in YWAM about the time that Alan and Jackie came on the centre and as they're trying to explore how to be a couple and whether they're going to ma- get married, we were doing the same. And so in our soul, uh, which is our emotions, our mind and our will, there was brokenness uh, in both of us. And so there was a lot of fear of commitment with both of us. And so we had been going out for a long, long time. And again, there was this kind of like white line fever, you know. It's like this is commitment to get married. So we're going out as a couple. And in the back of our minds, both of us, and I think it was in our spirit, in fact, I'm convinced in our spirit, both of us knew God hadn't told us to get married, but we knew that God was in this. It was right. There was this this sense in our spirit, uh, this part of us had this awareness that it was right. But our soul, our emotions, and our fears, and our mind was rationalizing and reacting and we were scared to step over we what, what about all the problems what could go wrong what if i was a bad dad what if you know this could happen and we were scared to make the commitment and so one day after a few months the base the ywam leader's wife who's a very outspoken direct individual walked up to me in my face and said what are you doing ask jenny to marry you i'm like oh okay um all right so I packed up a picnic basket and then two days later took Jenny down to Jacob's Well, this pretty little beach area, and asked her to marry her. Now, obviously, they had spoken and Jenny had said that she was ready to get married and what's going on, but I tend to process ahead of time. Jenny tends to process things after the fact. So um, Jenny thought it was time to get married and told the base leader's wife. She came and told me with this, this timing authority, now, you need to ask her to marry her now. So... I didn't respond because I was this sheepish person that just did what I was told. When she spoke about the timing of now, I knew, in my spirit, I knew that the timing was right. I knew that God was in it and I had a sense the season was right, the timing was right. So when she spoke it, there was a commandedness about it and authority and I responded. I asked her to marry her on the drive back from Jacob's Well to Brisbane. Her soul started freaking out. And she broke up the relation. She broke up the engagement. So anyway, about probably three weeks later, the base leader's wife walks up to me and says, "What's your problem? Ask her to marry you." So I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> the season was right. I knew it was right. So I took Jenny out again, asked her to marry me again. It was all good. It was actually two days later she broke it up again. And so the third time, I think we were on a road trip and we're sitting on this stupid concrete dog uh, on its tucker box in Gundagai eating Vegemite sandwiches and I said, what do you reckon? She said, yeah, yeah. So obviously both of us knew that the timing was right. She knew the timing was right. It was her soul that was reacting and eventually her soul had to submit to the fact that there was a sense in the spirit that this was right. And actually the interesting thing is when we actually responded to that sense of timing and stepped over the line, our marriage has actually been really good. 
It's been re relatively peaceful and a really great marriage. Previous on the other side of the line, it was our soul. It was full of fear and doubt and not knowing what's right or wrong or what could go wrong. And it was all, the, the more hesitant we were, the more room for the devil to mess with things. But when we made that commitment, it's just been quite a smooth transition. So there's, there's something about timing. And, you know, the interesting thing is that, as ladies know, if, you, if that baby stays in there too long, the, stretch, the stretchiness starts to uh, cause scarring and damage, doesn't it? And I think when, if I had have stayed, I could have rationalised and stayed in Ashgrove, renting houses and closing out houses, not wanting to invest too much into property or longer commitments. But eventually it starts to burn, it starts to stretch, it causes stresses, doesn't it? And, and it starts to damage people. Unless and, and as I say, hope deferred. Hope deferred causes like a scarring in your spirit. Uh, and, and then, you know, the stretching stops uh, like mine, stretching back uh, like Kelly's does. And it becomes permanent stretching and people are stretched and burnt and tired and, and you've missed the season. And so it's important when we know the timing to respond. And probably one of the things that I think is interesting is the thing that decides when you're going to grow is your hypothalamus. It's part of your brain, and I don't know how it works it out because I remember being this little boy. I'm such a big, huge man now. But when I was uh, very little, I was really skinny, and I was so short and so small. Everybody was growing. The girls were like monsters, and the boys were, you know, up there too. And I was like this tiny little boy... My help with, I don't know what my hypothalamus was doing, but it was just checked out and it was not, because no one was going to do anything, no, no parts of my body were going to do anything until the hypothalamus spoke. I don't know what the hypothalamus does, I don't know how it gets it started together, but it just says one day the time is right. And then what it does is the hypothalamus can't speak to my body parts, it speaks to my pituitary gland. My pituitary gland has this amazing ability to make zillions of different chemical messages to send to all of the part of the body. So the hypothalamus makes a decision and says, this is the time. The pituitary gland starts communicating to my body and my skin and everything says, okay. And it says, and it obeys. At that time, this hypothalamus has got amazing authority. No one argues in my body. They all responded and I grew. Very interesting how it works. Um, and like I said, there's an authority about the timing, when, whether it's God through the Holy Spirit or whether your hypothalamus speaks, that's the timing. And there's a sense of uh, responsiveness. We don't argue. My body cells, they didn't start arguing with the hypothalamus. Are you sure? I'm not sure about this. There was like a, an obedience to respond to that sense of timing. So in the same way um, with timing in our ministry... When we listen to the Spirit of God, we will just know when the time is right for growth and for change and for action. Our mind may not um, comprehend everything that's necessary to know, but our spirit will discern from the, the Spirit's promptings. It might seem right, uh, sorry, it will seem right even if we don't have all the answers and the details sorted. The skin will be there when it's needed. We don't need to worry about it. Now, I guess the last point that I want to bring up, uh, we've got, I think I'm supposed to finish at 12. I'll try to finish earlier, but we'll see how we go. The last point is faith. We can know that the timing is right. There can be a sense of seasonal. It's about a new stage of development or transition, but we still need faith. 
And the reason we need faith is that even when the time is right and we know that it's a new season of change, we still want to know that the Lord is going with us. We still want to know that God is with us. We don't want to step out and go into this growth and stress without him. We want him to provide it. We want him to provide the skin because we know that we can't do it in our strength. So we become really cautious and we need this special thing called faith and it's prompting from him that it's right so we know that he is with us and we're safe because when God says it, that's the safest place that we can be. And so um, we, we want to know that he approves of the choice as well. Uh, he prompts our spirit when he appro- and he prompts our spirit when he approves, but he still gives us a responsibility to respond. This is what faith is. He prompts us to say yes to this or to do this, but he doesn't command, he doesn't bully us. He doesn't push us. We can continue to stay back in the stretching mode if we want to, but he's prompted us. And actually, what happens is when we respond to that prompting. This thing called faith happens and then the resources start to flow. Our mind starts to understand the things that beforehand we didn't understand. Uh, You know, things start to come into place before they weren't. But it's actually the response to the prompting that activates the supernatural arranging to make that skin start to grow and appear for us, for us to move in. And so faith is an important thing, but it's two parts. It's the prompting, but it's our response that creates that circuit or that bridge for God's supernatural provision and supernatural arrangement to start to come in play around us. I'll tell you another story. I knew that the timing was right to ask Jenny to marry me, but I wanted him to tell us to get married. This is really interesting. And actually, um, just before I asked her to marry, marry him, part of my procrastination, which required Julie to come up and talk very seriously to me but I, because I'd procrastinated, because I was wanting him to tell me to marry Jenny. And God was having no part of it. He, as I look back, he'd given me a prompt, but he was not telling me. He said the prompting is there. The prompting indicates that he's going to be with the situation, that he gives his approval. But he was not telling me to do it. That was my choice because when things went wrong in that marriage, I couldn't go. He wanted me to own it. And so partly this is a partnership and it's a bridge with two parts to the bridge. And that bridge has powerful resources flowing across it. But I needed to actually make the final decision because that's what responsibility is. And he could build upon my responsibility. So he was not telling me to marry her, but he, as I remember, it was my soul and my mind and my emotions and my fears that were reacting. But all the way along, he'd already given me a sense of faith. He'd already given me that faith. I just needed to respond to it in the right time. And so I recognize more and more as I get older, those promptings, what's my spirit? There's a lot of voices going on isn't there? Your emotions have got a sound. My emotions are a little bit like, mm, I've got that sound. My will is like, mm. my mind is a little bit weak. It's like, mm. uh, but you know, your spirit's got a tone and there's different parts of your inner being that we need to familiarize ourselves. So this is my emotions dominating the conversation or my mind is dominating the conversation. Well, where is the spirit in this? And we have to get better and better. And I recognise as I look back in that marriage situation that God had already released in my spirit his prompting. I needed to respond when I recognised the right time. 
So, as I come to the conclusion of this, uh, you know, as I said, the hypothalamus just knows the right time. It's obviously measuring the indicators, it's measuring the roots, it's measuring all sorts of stuff in the plant, and it just says, now's the time. Now's the time to grow. Uh, and, you know, the same with me. When I was a little boy, it just knew the right time. And it spoke to the pituitary gland, and this pituitary gland communicated with my whole body. And what I think is really interesting is a similar process happens with God. God the Father knows the right time and seasons. But God's mind, it says in Corinthians, I'll show you in a moment, it says in Corinthians chapter 2 that God's mind is so big and, and incredible that his mind can't talk to our mind. So what he does is God speaks to his spirit, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit. And when we respond, then our spirit helps our mind comprehend things that we didn't know beforehand. So when we respond to that, that's the process, like the, the hypothalamus to the pituitary gland, the Father speaks to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit talks to our spirit, and our spirit, when we respond, then communicates understanding when we respond in faith to all of the other details that we need after the fact. We do need a lot of details before we make big decisions. I did major research on Jenny. I can tell you, major research. So I had all the data, but I didn't know everything. And my mind and my emotions and my will were still struggling. But when I responded to the spirit that was sent by the Father to my spirit, after I responded, my mind started to understand why she was the perfect match for me. You need to tell her I said that. All right, so this is how what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 10 to 13. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except this, their own spirit? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And so my little thing here is the Father speaks to the Spirit and the spirit, Father's mind relays information to the Spirit. The Spirit talks to our spirit and our spirit, when we respond... In faith and obedience helps our mind comprehend and, like I said, all of the supernatural arranging for our new facility, for our new skin, our new shell starts to happen around us. Until we respond in faith, it doesn't change. You look out there and nothing's happening. You make that response in faith. Then all of a sudden you start seeing options and things take place. All right, so um, I think that's probably all I'm going to share this morning. I've got a few other things, but I think I probably will said um, what I wanted to share this morning. I wonder, it's a little bit up. So we'll leave it there. Um, lovely to be with you. I hope that was interesting and helpful uh, and, yeah, timely for, uh, I guess, looking into 2017. Let's pray for you. Father, we thank you so much uh, for this um, ministry that is almost two years old now. Um, so exciting to see so many wonderful people and even those that are not here this morning that are committed, faithful members that love you and uh, are wanting to be a part of what you have in this uh, local community. We pray, Lord, that you would not only release the growth, but I pray that you would give them the assurance, the, just the restful assurance that just as a body's skin will be available at the right time, that um, what they move into, uh, you will prepare that way for them. And it will be just a natural transition. Uh, not fearful, not a problem, not a crisis, but it will be a natural transition. I pray that you give them rest. And I pray that importantly that rest would come from their spirit abiding with you, 
hearing his spirit's guidance through that process in the next year. Thank you, Father. Amen. Love it. Twelve.